right, welcome to another episode of Aging with Energy, the old guy travel show brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa and the Chamber Plan. Yeah, so let's get to the uh, subject at hand here. Um, well, flat out, how he had another uh, hard episode whilst traveling in uh, Mexico. Yeah. Very disturbing the other night. I mean, I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden I received this email uh, outlining that uh, you were at the hospital. And, well, you tell the story. Mm. You know, it's funny. Um, it's funny. Is it funny, Howie? No, it's not funny. It's, we always start stuff. Hey, you know, it's no, funny. It's Sometimes funny. it's not funny. <laughs> it, it's interesting. You know, it's unfunny. Sometimes. It's not funny. <laughs> you know, I should pull up my shirt and so everyone can see how I'm hooked up to him. Uh, oh, I want to see your I want to see your titties. Mm-hmm. I want to see your titties. Mm-hmm. You know, you have grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen to this show. <laughs> But one day they will. They'll be showing, you know, I can imagine John at, you know, somewhere in his mid-20s and he's trying to impress some, you know, young lady. And he says, oh, yeah, my grandpa used to have a podcast. Here, let's just uh, grab, grab a piece randomly. And he puts on today. You want to see my titties? You want to see your titties? So our buddy Darren, before I had my breast reduction surgery, he used to walk up to me and squeeze my man boobs and go, give me some milk. Give me some milk. <laughs> Uh, he is one of, you know <laughs> Darren Darren makes me laugh I should have sent Darren a note I didn't tell Darren I'm sorry that I didn't send him the update but when- I immediately forwarded that email to Darren okay good because mm-hmm. uh, when I was writing it I was in the uh, ICU of a Mexican hospital and I was pardon me our producer was rather upset too that you didn't seriously Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, he, you know, he's the producer of the show. He thought he might be on that list to get the heads up about what's going on. Well, I, I think I eventually forwarded it to him. I don't remember, to be honest with you, Boone. I, uh, I apologize. It was. Yeah, there was, a, you know, I basically I sent it to you. I believe you. he was hurt. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, I sent it to you two, my brothers, Lumby trying to think fraser fraser crane Mm. fraser crane i'm listening so basically you know if you were with us three years ago the same thing happened to me uh i uh was starting to feel a little bit weird when i got here you know during the show i was fine but you know we're here at uh 6200 feet the elevation so i was kind of feeling like a little bit of shortness of breath And, um, you know, sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, I was playing golf with Bill. And I said, you know, I feel a little bit unsettled. That's how I could describe it. The course I'm playing is very hilly. And, you know, the first, you know, nine holes of each day, I'd felt pretty good. And by the time the back nine would come, I started to feel a little bit lightheaded. You know, I have these episodes. I don't know if you guys have ever had this. Maybe you haven't. Where, you know, you, you stand up too quickly and you get a little bit 
you know, a little bit dizzy or a little bit lightheaded. But I was having yeah, like that. If you're bent over for a while doing something. Right. And up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan, does that ever happen to you when you're or maybe it you know, doesn't oh, yeah, because no, of your, because of your German sure. upbringing. You're the master yeah. race. That's what happens in when he gets a boner. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, he gets a boner and he passes out. Is that happening to everybody? <laughs> well, not Fred and I. There's plenty. After we get a boner, there's still plenty of blood pumping through our system. Yeah. Yours is a hog. <laughs> when, we, when we get a boner, our heart barely notices it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what? What just happened? Anyway, I think most people know what I'm talking about. That sensation of you, you know, you stand up and you get a little lightheaded. By Wednesday, I was feeling a little bit of that just sort of walking around. But it's been so long since I've had any heart, you know, symptoms or felt anything. And I've, you know, I've, most honey peas know I had an, an operation in Phoenix. And, and you know, I'm, for the last almost three years, I've been fine. And then Thursday, I was definitely starting to feel it more often. Friday, we uh, went out for dinner, and I said to Bill and Ronnie, who I'm staying next to and who were so kind to me, I said, listen, guys, you know, we're going out. Uh, I don't feel 100%. So if you guys, you know, or somebody, I sort of made a joke like, if you're going to go dancing and shit after, I'm probably not going to join you. But I just wanted them to know that, you know, you know I, I, I could have just not gone out. But I had a great, excuse me, I had a great night. Every restaurant, let me just pause for a second. You know, Fred, you've experienced this place. Every restaurant you go to is unique. It, it really is a, a different place. It has a very European feel. I've sent you guys some pictures. And sure enough, we went to a place. I'm not sure if you'd been there. But, you know, the owner's there and his family. And it's just, just very cool. And I felt great Friday night. Got back about 10 o'clock. And I had a cup of tea, watched some videos here in the uh, studio where the, you know, which is basically the dining room of this house. And then I went up to bed about 11 o'clock, 1130, fell asleep at 630. I woke up and I could tell something was wrong. Like almost immediately, as soon as I stood up, I was kind of hit with a wave of these feelings. And I came downstairs, <clears throat> made coffee, made eggs, had, you know, like made some toast, you know, had, had like a full breakfast. But I was um, getting into that kind of feeling of like a little bit panicky because I could tell it was just wasn't going away. And I was walking around, you know, like most guys, I'm like, well, I'll just walk this off. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm kind of laughing at myself. I'm like, OK, well, you know, maybe it'll I just kept thinking, you know, because there is a something to be said about adjusting this altitude. Um, they say it takes a couple of weeks. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm just having a bad bout of it. And then Charlie, my daughter, called, and she could tell she's like, Daddy, you don't sound right. And I said, well, honey, I was trying to put on a little, you know, brave. I didn't want to panic her. I said, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit lightheaded. And she said, like you were in Phoenix. I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, it's just like that. And she said, what are you going to do? And by this time, it was about 830. And I said, well, I'm supposed to go work out with Bill, who, by the way, at 78, works out three times a week. And uh, as I said to you guys last week, you know, if you ever push into his shoulder or her bicep area, you better be prepared because it's like a rock. The guy's so strong. So he and I were going to meet at nine and go work out. <clears throat> so I go over next door and uh, he's having breakfast. He says, yeah, I'm just finishing out my breakfast. I'll be right with you. And his lady, Ronnie, said, uh, everything OK? I said, well, 
Billy, I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work out this morning. I, would you mind taking me over to the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, is something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Here's the funny well, thing. Eh? This is this part is funny. I said, just finish your breakfast. <laughs> I did. You know, I'm, I didn't because I'm trying to keep the panic down in me. Mm-hmm. But at this point, um, it was pretty uh, clear that something was going wrong because what I have is called t- uh, it's an arrhythmia, but at the, at the time, it, it's also accompanied by this tachycardia, which is, you know, pretty serious stuff. Tachycardia going unchecked either leads to three outcomes, stroke, heart attack, or death. Because what it means is your, your heart, which normally beats in a regular rhythm, well, mine beats in a regular rhythm and then just goes on a run. So we'll go beat, 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 Beep, 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 And it will keep doing that, and then it will stop. And then it starts again. But the problem is, if it keeps on going too long, you can have all those three things happen. That's why you have to have your... It has to be shocked back into rhythm. You've seen... We've all seen the medical shows. So, um... I, uh... Bill took me to the hospital, and, uh... And I was admitted. I'll tell you, it's a... You know, I don't know if... It's really, you know, it's, I don't know what you think about a, what a Mexican hospital is going to be like. You know, a few of the people I talked to were like, oh, they have, you know, imagine it is like, cause this is a third world country. Like, yeah. the, like the, a Mexican the, prison with a bed. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. You know, they would imagine <laughs> it's, yeah. I said to Dan, I said, it's not like there's some donkey on a treadmill out back, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, some guy is also making epanadas next to your hospital bed. And they're sweeping dirt floor. And they're sweeping a dirt floor. (laughs) But it's a very nice hospital, and I was admitted almost immediately because the kind of signs that I was displaying are the kind of things where they, you know, they don't... And and there wasn't very many people there on a Saturday morning, and within eight minutes, I was in uh, emergency, and I was hooked up, and... And uh, that's where I was for the uh, better part of a day. I didn't uh, tell anybody for a while. Uh, I didn't send that note out until Saturday evening because I didn't know what was going on. And and uh, it was uh, it was pretty crazy, dudes. Like I was told both of you, like it was it was more stressful for me than last time because last time I was in an American hospital and I could talk to people and they could tell me what was going on with me. But uh, other than the cardiologist who is amazing. He's quite a character. And I'll tell you about him in a minute. And the, the admitting physician spoke about I pretty good English, like 30% English. But every other person that I dealt with for 24 hours, including the people that were admitting me and wanting, wanting me to sign forms and telling me what medication they might give me and asking me to do things. I was hooked up to an EKG. They put a, uh, a line into my arm to give me um, uh, an IV drip. All of that was done in Spanish. And as I said to you, both of you, you know, I speak enough Spanish to order you guys dinner and a beer and ask where the toilet is. And I know a few funny little words and I can say a few phrases, but I don't know enough to be treated medically in a foreign language. And that was probably the most stressful thing for me because I didn't want it's coming at you so quickly too. And it was exactly, it was coming at me really quickly, Hmm. you know? um, Yeah. I think the the forms you're signing, are they in Spanish too? 
Actually, they had a they had a form in English that was a copy of the form in Spanish, but I had to sp- sign the Spanish form. Oh, okay, which I'm not surprised because those hospitals are more or less for ex- expats, right? Oh, um, no, this one for sure was Freddie. There, yeah, you know, they have to have a certain standard there. I mean, that's part of the San Miguel um, experiences that 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 sort of comfort zone for stuff like that, right? It, it's a very modern hospital. Like, like I said, it wasn't, you know, dirt floors and, you know, a guy with a taco truck. Um, And I was, I couldn't, I honestly, I couldn't have had better, you know, care and attention. But as I said, you know, it was really stressful because I don't know what's happening to me. I know I'm having this episode again, because as soon as they hook me up, they could see immediately that what I just described to you was happening. Mm. You know, it's an EKG and you can see that my heart is beating and then it just goes on these runs. And who knows what's causing it? Um, You know, I had this surgery three years ago that was supposed to fix it. But, you know, it doesn't always fix it completely and it can come back again. And so I'm going to have a bunch of tests this week that are going to find out, you know, did it in fact come back? Or is this just, you know, part of the problem that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life? So that was around nine o'clock in the morning. They put an IV drip in my arm. Everyone's speaking Spanish. It's a bit freaky to me. Um, and I said to somebody when at, at the point, and we're going to get to the chamber plan at some point in the show. But at the point, <clears throat> excuse me, that they wanted me to give them my credit card. Oh, and by the way, I'd already spoken to the people in Montreal. I spoke to Rod Johnson first. I said, okay, this is happening again. What do I do? He said, uh, you know, this is the number to call. I called that number. They got a hold of the hospital. I had a medical person call me from Canada. All this, this was happening during the morning. But at some point, a young person from administration or administrazione uh, came in and had a, a, a credit card machine. And she wanted my card. And I said, I said, I'm, I'm sorry to do this. And I hate to be one of those people, but I said, you've got to find somebody from, to, to speak English to me. I just, I can't do this. I can't do this transaction until I understand what's happening. And they found this woman named Melissa. This is a kid. He's around 20. I was talking to Spencer last night. I said, this kid's about your age. And her name is Melissa. And she spoke, I'd say, 50-50%. You know, good enough English to talk to me. This kid came and visited me, Freddie and Dan. At least five times in 24 hours. She kept coming everywhere I was, you know, went to, I was in emergency. Then they moved me to ICU. I was there all night. This young lady came and visited me at least five times. Could have been more because I was kind of in and out. I was kind of, you know, I got tired. I had a little nap. But this young lady came and just kept saying, first of all, she came and explained to me. Yes, they did talk to the insurance company. No, I didn't have to give them a credit card, etc. So that put me at ease. But I got to tell you, she, when I was being discharged, she came to make sure I understood what the forms were. And it couldn't, like, I'm going to tell you, Freddie, you've been here. And maybe, and Dan, I don't know how much time you've spent in Mexico. But these are some of the nicest people I've, you'll ever meet. They were so kind to me and so concerned for me because I was, here's, here's how you know you're in an expat hospital. I was the only person in ICU. I had two people who's, who's, who came in at 8 p.m. and sat there from 8 p.m. till 8 a.m. just, you know, hanging out with me. So overall, it was a great experience, you know. Um, so that's my opening statement. I will take questions. <laughs>
Well, you know, I can't imagine. I just can't because it's it's your heart. You know what I mean? It's not you didn't break your leg or hurt your shoulder or blah, 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 all that. You know, a mishap that can happen while you're away. I mean, your heart's a scary enough thing when you're at home. But to be in a place like that, when I say a place like that, you could be in a lot worse places. Um, to have your old ticker acting up, it's got to be really, really unsettling. Like, again, I, I, I can't imagine what that is like. Well, Scary. think about it. It's unsettling enough, as you described, but it's unsettling on top of that. You know, I don't know what anyone's saying. Well, I told you that story. Remember when I was up here, when I had the two women talking about my uh, heart ultrasound while well, they're doing it, they're pointing at the screen and, you know, talking loud. And, you know, I, I found that and it was here in Brampton. I didn't like it. I thought it was unfair and, yeah, disturbing. So to have that going on when it's your heart and there's something wrong, you're in a foreign country, you can't understand what's going on, that would be enough to give you a heart attack. Jesus. Yeah, and and, and like I so, you know, it's a Saturday in San Miguel, and the, um, the attending physician, the guy that admitted me, he admitted me, he just listened to my heart. Like, I was in his office when I first got there. And I thought, oh, I wonder what he's going to say. Like, oh, it's really nothing, I was hoping, because I wanted to go golfing. And uh, you could just see on his face that he was listening to my heart, listening to my chest, and uh, undid his uh, stethoscope and said, we got to get you to a bed. I'm like, oh, God. Because he could hear it, even in a stethoscope, he could hear the, the heart beating out of, out of rhythm. So um, he says, we're going to call a, a cardiologist who is my new buddy. And the, uh, you're going to love this. The cardiologist's name is Dr. Jorge Alvarez de la Catena. And uh, this guy is a character, man. I don't know what you think a, a cardiologist looks like in Canada. <laughs> this dude, he comes in, he's got these kind of like balloon pants he's wearing crocs underneath his uh, lab coat he's got some kind of cool little mexican tunicky thing he's how just old a, how old would this guy be? i don't know 45 48 maybe 50 but just a dude right and uh and i thought well you know in canada you might not see the cardiologist for a couple of days within a couple hours he's there hanging out with me uh right away sees what's going on by the time he came I don't know, because of the medication, whatever, I had, my heart had calmed right down. Oh, so you didn't get the big shock to, to no. put things back and oh, No, cool. I, I um, because I, it, wasn't, it wasn't running out of control. It was just, so imagine every, whatever number of beats, it would go on a four or five, you know, um, run. It would go on a run of, you know, it would do that for four or five beats and then it would calm down. And uh, he admitted me. I was just in emergency until about three in the afternoon. And then he said, no, we're going to need to keep you here. And then I stayed overnight. And that's when I wrote you guys the note. Now, at this point, we should uh, pause this story. And we're going to bring in uh, our boy from France. And um, let's do a little business here because we're going to get too backed up if we don't. Um, So let's just pause uh, at the point where I'm now having to stay overnight in a Mexican hospital, and I'll tell you how what the food was like. Should I uh, do Chambers' plan now, or hold that for uh, you know 
A super spectacular. <laughs> why don't you... Uh, a super spectacular presentation of the well, Chamber's plan. Yeah, why don't you let me do the Chamber plan today? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about Tim Niblett, who's had his... Um, you know, he's had some heart issues himself. I've been uh, corresponding with Tim the last couple of days. Well, I was going to say, there's a shoulder to lean on, isn't mm-hmm. it? With uh, Timmy Niblett. He's got things under control. You know, in the end, everything will be all right. And that's what Tim says about the markets, does he not? He says, guys, it's up and down, but, you know, over the long run, everything will be all right. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, licensed on both sides of the border. Not only can he consult you on financial stuff, if you're having heart problems, he's got a word or two to say about that as well. He's Tim Niblett. If you want to get uh, in touch with Tim, retirementsherpa.ca. And uh, let's talk a little bit about our friends at Kelsey's and our good friend Dan Daru. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot because I know, you know, you're a man of a certain age and you can't always remember what you ate. But uh, let's just talk quickly. Oh, I remember. Oh, do I you? Remember. Well, because oh, yeah, we were asking yeah. you, when you told us before the show, you said that you and Lisa, Dan's lady friend, uh, had gone to Kelsey. We were all excited. First question, Fred says, where's the pictures? <laughs> well, the pictures are around. I haven't uh, forwarded them to you yet because that was only a couple of days ago. You know, that's true. You know, uh, with, he's, with, he's, he's got bad Internet there. Well, no, what he's got with his <laughs> his. You know what you ate, but you don't know the character that you play? In <laughs> okay, Lumby, I'm going to need you to turn your mic up a little bit. I thought I'd never say that. Um, but I'll tell you, Dan, you know, with this, the Dan's got an old camera where you take a picture and then you have to take it to a uh, photo mat. <laughs> <laughs> and then you send it. Um, yeah. Of course, uh, we're, we're talking about Kelsey's, and it's a Tuesday, which means they are winging it. They've been doing that since 1978. Try their legendary wings, half price every Thursday, sauced and styled how you like it. And why not wash it down with a $6, $6, by the way, Coors Light 16-ounce draft. What are you waiting for, buds? Grab your friends, head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend uh, the right way. Offer valid with the purchase of a beverage must be legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. Dan Duran, tell us about your Kelsey's experience. Well, we arrived and we ordered our uh, the famous four cheese spinach dip. And because uh, Lisa is a big fan of anything green, so that was part of it. And uh, we had some baked pita slices, and then we just went to town on that while we waited for our, uh, our uh, main mainster to arrive, the Thai chicken curry bowl, which is super delicious. Nice. I, she, she put me... Uh, some on my plate and said, oh, maybe I should have ordered that. But what I had was the uh, steak and cheese stack, which uh, what attracted me was the uh, Cajun seasoned sirloin steak in it. The, the Cajun seasoning was what I went for there. And it was in all in all, it was a great night. We had a, a great start to our date night and uh, went off to a play after that. And uh, Noah, our server there at, at Kelsey's in Peterborough, was awesome. He was there whenever we needed him and, uh, you know, friendly guy. Yeah. They're having a good good night and uh, just enjoying working it, it, there. Too. They really are a great group there. Freddie and I, didn't we have that spinach dip when we went over to Kelsey's before I left? Oh, yes, we did. It was delicious. It, it really was. It's a great uh, way to start your experience. It really is. Yeah, we recommend it highly. And uh, for uh, more information, go to kelseys.ca for more details. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dan Duran, for that uh, personal testimonial. Yeah. Dan said him and Lisa went off to a play. He he was telling me the other day it was a farce, and he doesn't like farces. Um, 
We should talk about that. What's he doing? On, what's he doing working with us? Yeah. <laughs> what constitutes a farce, and why do you not like them? Well, yeah. No. Well, uh, no. Wait a second. You 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 called it that the end of the Argos game was a farce. Yes. I, no. I know. That's why I said to Dan. Dan, you'll like this. It was it was farce. Oh, yes. okay. Well, I'm catching up. Um, if you're uh, just watching us on Facebook, um, welcome to our program. Marcel Marceau is here. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't hey i have a week i'm i'm in a weakened state don't oh, uh shut it you know what okay let's just <laughs> let's just go through this is my mic loud enough for you there grandpa because i it's it's the same as it's always been i don't know what uh i don't what, know why what, first what, of all i don't know why this aggressive uh nature because you know when here's the funny thing when you oh, talk to me delicate. when it's wait a second when it's just you and i you have a whole softer side when you do your little performance it's a completely <laughs> you start you started it with the marcel marceau so look at here's the thing don't go on vacation this is the, no no Listen, listen, I'm just let's let's just go through the highlights over the last few years. And then and then you tell me if I'm wrong. OK, a few years ago, you go down there with uh, with Rachel to Arizona. I see you doctor uh, operation, uh, you know, fiasco near death. <laughs> yes. You come to here three weeks ago and you bring covid into our. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you? Um, <laughs> And then you trip on off to, to Mexico. And again, it's it's I see. So here's the thing. When you book your next trip, also book a surgeon, book the local ICU, book an ambulance, book some saline solution. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, hang on. I got to get my heart diary and, and put here. Uh, it's 645. Lumby yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, supposed hell, to, I'm supposed to write down in case there's anything unusual. I'm going to go uh, seven eighteen. Best friend yells constantly. <laughs> and watch your terminology. These are not vacations. These are research. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Fred. These are oh, exactly. Okay. These aren't va- Jeff. I'm not here on vacation. Uh, well, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know if you heard me saying like one of the most. Uh, Stressful things for me is that, you know, I, I speak about, well, I don't speak anywhere near as much Spanish as you, as you do French, but I speak more Spanish than I do French. And as I said, I, I can speak enough Spanish. I went out for dinner last night with Bill and Ronnie, and the woman who ran this little restaurant asked me how I knew Spanish. And, you know, because I could speak enough to tell, you know, to order and stuff. But at some point, there was somebody asking me in the ICU, and I wasn't sure if they were asking me if I wanted a beer or another, uh, you know, to be hooked up to another machine, I just don't know what they were saying. And I had my phone with me and I was doing Google translate. Like even that was stressful because they would say something. And I'd say, just hang on a second. And I would have them point to what it was they were trying to tell me. And, um, but I can tell you, I don't know if you heard me saying, Jeff, like this was a great, these are a great bunch of people. And Dr. Jorge Alvarez, and I are buddies now. And uh, I was surprised when he came. Here, here's a, a thing that I, I don't think I told any of you guys. So, you know, in Canada and the States, you know, a, a, a specialist is, you know, someone rare. You don't see them very often. So not only did I see him in the afternoon, the day I got there, but he said, I'm going to come back tomorrow morning and, and we'll check on your condition and we'll decide if we need to have you go do some further testing. And I wake up around... You know, seven, I talked to Jeff. Uh, Jeff and I had a little phone call. And then I was thinking, you know, I'll probably won't see this guy until like late in the day. 9.30, 
this guy shows up and again he's in his baggy pants and he's got he's quite a character and he comes in and he says uh i can see you're doing better ice and i said well how do you know that dr jorge you just got here he said i came here in the middle of the night to check on you wow I said, what? He said, yeah, I came. I was on my way home, and I, I thought I'd come and see how you were doing. And he said, I watched you. I watched your monitor for about 10 minutes to make sure you were all right. And I was like, wow. Like, that was really something uncommon. And it kind of goes to the kind of people they are. They're just very, he was very nice, and he wanted to make sure I was, I was really, probably his only patient there. That's got to be one of the most used phrases in Ontario right now. I can't see the specialist till, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes months to see specialists. Oh, anything elective. Like I, yeah. when, even when I was living there, which is almost it was over two years ago now, the, the, the waiting time to, find, to go to uh, an appointment for an allergy specialist was 18 months. And the reason I know that is because I went for a psoriasis uh, to see this guy, and that was 13 months. Mm-hmm. And, and and the girl said, well, you're, you're lucky you're not applying to go see an allergist because that's 18 months. It, that's just unheard of down here. I mean, as I, I've noted on a couple of the podcasts, the the system here in France is 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 yes, there's a a, a government side of it, but. But there's also a, a copay. And I really strongly believe in copays, not to the extent of the United States, but here it really uh, it, it, it takes the the abuse out of the system. Let's just say that when it's just a single payer system, there's rampant abuse. And what happens is you get these insane waiting lines. OK, so here, you know, here I went to uh, an appointment for um, an X-ray on my thumb. I think I was telling you this, Howard. It's on the podcast as well. Arrived at nine fifty three for a 10 o'clock appointment was being X-rayed at nine fifty seven. Uh, I was seeing the doctor at ten oh one. And by ten oh seven, I'm walking out with my imagery of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. So there, there is an advantage to an insurance based copay system. Now, and, and I agree, but here's the big but. The big but. Um, I, I, I gotta give props. You know, that's what the kids say. So yesterday morning, I spent, we didn't do the show yesterday morning. That's what people are, that's, this is why we weren't doing the show. So my entire morning was, I was calling the chamber plan. I was calling the med- there's there's two people you deal with when you're this is, I guess, for a lot of people who are our age. Should this ever happen to you and you have the chamber plan? The first person you're going to talk to is somebody in Montreal at the insurer. The next people that call you are an actual either a doctor or a nurse from Canada that is now in charge of your file. And those people are talking to the hospital or the doctor that you're seeing wherever you are in the world. So that's a little beginning of the plug for the chamber plan. Because so right away, I have somebody that has my file that's talking to the hospital, etc. So my morning yesterday was to talk to them. And when we talk about how the chamber plan works a little bit later, one of the things I needed to know from them was, you know, am I still insured? Should I stay here for the rest of my trip? And we'll, we'll discuss that later. The other thing I did is I wrote this long note, not as long as the one I wrote to you guys, but I wrote a note to both my cardiologist in Toronto 
And then I've been dealing with a guy who is an electrophysiologist. He's like a super specialist. You're not going to see him for years. But I had somehow made a contact or an impression with him during COVID because we'd gone back and forth a few times. His name is Dr. Manjit. And the other guy I deal with is a guy named Dr. Logsetti. And I wrote a note to both of them just saying, hey, this has happened. I, I included the name of the cardiologist here. And I said, if you guys had a second, could you just maybe let me know what you think I should do? Or at the very least, could you reach out to this guy and just get an update on my... I I didn't think it was going to happen. And this is the best part of this story. Both of these fucking guys called me yesterday morning. Hmm. I was blown away. The, the electro, I, I look at my email and I immediately get a note from the electrophysiologist. Here's what, I, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm saying. I said, well, I'm a bit confused. I said, I know you're slammed. Would you give me a call? Calls me the next second. I had about a five-minute conversation with him. And then a few minutes later, the cardiologist who, when you go to these clinics, it's just wall-to-wall people. He must have spent 15 minutes on the phone with me. And I kept saying, listen, I know you're busy. He goes, no, 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 let's just go through this. And he told me what he thought it was, you know, what we were going to do. And he told me what he thinks I should do down here. He, He reminded me, he said, listen, man, he said about a year and a half ago, you and I had this conversation about being on beta blockers, which is what I'm on now. He said, I told you, you probably would need to be on them and you didn't want to do it because I... I'm like you, Freddie. I don't, you know, I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my fucking life, but I'm, you know, I'm sort of resigned now that that's sort of what I'm going to be on for the, at least the foreseeable future. Because what it did is it took that episode that I had or was having, and I'm completely fine. It's been, what day is it? So since Sunday, Sunday so in three days now, I've had no none of those episodes. Mm. But this doctor from Toronto, again, I'm not... Your your um, hypothesis is is right, but I, you know, what it's like with human beings, you never know who you make an impression on. And uh, I was so blown away that these guys called me yesterday, and that was so it gave me such comfort, you know. And and they kind of I told them what this doctor here in Mexico wants me to do, and I'm going to have to have a another series of tests. But both of them assured me that I'm probably fine. You know what I mean? They, they, like they said, listen, Howard, we're not going to tell you from Toronto that you're cured, but given what you've told me and what we know of your condition, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Take the medication. And I said, do you think I should stay here? And they said, yeah, we see no reason why you wouldn't. So how great was that? Wow. I know. So, so what is sort of the long, short-term prognosis for you uh, there? Uh, I've got a monitor on me right now. They're going to take it off today. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to go to a different city and have a couple of, uh, pretty standard heart tests. One's a stress test. They put you on that treadmill and they check that your heart, uh, chambers are all working and I'm going to have an echocardiogram. And then I'm, I'm mostly leaning towards staying here. What's the prognosis on you being able to golf, uh, in the near future? That's a great question. I would have been, I would have already been golfing, but uh, they all kind of said maybe you should take it easy for a couple of days because I, you know, I went for a walk yesterday around the complex here and I, you know, I, I felt okay, but I definitely felt like I wasn't myself and I don't know. Well, if, plus, plus you shot 79 twice, twice. So you may want to just dial it back. I'm pretty sure that's what caused it because I haven't shot 79 back to back for a long time. I was like, maybe that's what triggered this depression. No, I, I to be to be to be serious. Like I walked around yesterday and I was like, 
I, you know, whatever this medicine does, and I've done some research, and a lot of people listening probably know somebody on beta blockers, but what it does is it depresses your system so that your heart beats more normally, but it also makes you feel a little bit, I don't know, like lower energy, you know, as you can tell, lethargic a little bit, um, you know, I laid down and had a nap like a heart, like one of those naps. You, we're all ex morning guys. It was the kind of nap where I thought it, I thought it was nighttime. I thought it was like, you know, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon, but I was convinced it was like middle oh, of the yeah. night, that kind of nap. Hmm. Anyway, that's pretty much it. I think I've covered everything. <clears throat> so there you go. Oh, and so the well, hospital and, you're going to, you're going to uh, in, in two days? In another uh, Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. You research golf courses around there? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because I'm only going to be there for the afternoon that I'm coming back here. So when you were at that, I know the course you play there near Billy. Um, you said it was hilly. Do you not? Did you walk that course or did you? Yeah, you were I, I was walking. Most of the old guys ride while the caddies walk. But I just like, you know, kind of walking along, you know, next to Ramon, the caddy. And and uh, yeah, I started to definitely feel um on some of those hills that I was getting a little short of breath, which is kind of weird because, you know, I'm like, even now I'm a little bit short of breath. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Yeah. That's got to be unsettling. Yeah. At the best of time, even at home, but being away and yeah, it's, uh, and you know, that can make you actually react in such a way that isn't actually the problem. It's just (laughs) because you're worried about the problem. Oh yeah. it's affecting your breathing in other ways and psychologically and all those things. Yeah. And as I said, I'm, you know, I'm here with two very sweet people, but they, you know, they have their own lives and they live next door and I'm by myself and I don't speak. They didn't s- sign up for that. The they guy didn't. comes in, moves next door. <laughs> no, I know. Now he's an invalid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I'll have to, uh, I'll have to get your contact list because I've signed up. I'm going to be there all of March the whole month. So I'll get your contact list, and in case you know, if I, you know, come close to cacking, I'll. Uh, well, I'll yeah, Howard's got everybody on speed dial. So just <laughs> That's right. I have the entire medical Mexican medical community are now my amigos. I, I, it's funny though, like when and Jeff, you can attest to this. When you're in an environment where you know you might want to learn a second language and you go to classes in your toronto but you walk out and everyone around you speaks your language but when you're in an environment where yeah. they're not fucking they're not pretending not to speak english when you where you live they don't speak english mm-hmm. so oh, well yeah and and i mean for me the biggest frustration is Julie, I really want to yell at that guy, but I can't because I don't speak the language. I don't know the word for you fucking asshole. But, uh, you know, that, that, you know, even going back to the hospital yesterday, you know, I, I you go to the hospital and I saw some of the same people and they're all happy to see me. They're all saying things to me in Spanish. I only, I only know every second or third word. And, but, you know, I'm in, in the hospital when, you know, I talked to you yesterday, Jeff, you can all hear me saying, you know, hasta luego, gracia. you know, I mean, I, I know enough of that to be, you know, polite, but I don't know enough to have, you know, heart problems in a foreign country. No, exactly. And I mean, one of the advantages that I have here is Julie, obviously. Right. So if we go to a specialist, she'll come along with. But, you know, I mean, I'm trying to learn this down. I mean, this language, you have no idea how difficult this language is. It's, it's harder than Spanish, too. Oh, way harder. I, mean, I, 
I don't, yeah, honestly, there, there are times when I look at some of the rules that they have with French and I go, did you guys just do this to make it harder? <laughs> you've succeeded. Yeah, you've succeeded in make, making this an absolute impossible language to learn. Well, I told you when I was there visiting you, the reason that my Spanish is better is because for English speaking people saying Spanish words, there's not the same nuance as French, you know. Well, one, 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 sorry, Howard. One of the things is there are no silent letters in Spanish. So that's something to understand right away. What you see, you pronounce in Spanish. To a degree. Like L's are not L's. They're not like it's not Alenda. It's, a, 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 you know, it's San Miguel de Allende. But there's, it's, no, no, it, it's not as nuanced as French. Yeah, but there are no like French is full of and English are both full of silent letters where like H's and G's and yeah, yeah, and I's and yeah, I know. Yeah, and, you know, and I'll just finish this off because I got to we got to get to uh, some actual show here before we uh but um, so I'm, I'm speaking to Spencer last night, you know, 25 year old, soon to be 25 year old, young millennial. And uh, my kids have been great. And, and all my friends have been great. And you guys have been great, you know, checking in with me. And it really made a difference because honestly, I was like, I would tell you that there were moments on Saturday. I was fucking bummed. I was so bummed out because I had this whole plan for the winter. And I'm thinking because my thought that Saturday before I saw the specialist is I just started thinking, OK, you know, I'm going to have to get Eve, you know, they call it repatriation. I'm going to have to get, someone's going to have to fly here because I didn't want to have this operation that I had in Phoenix. I didn't want to have it in Mexico. So I'm just thinking, okay, I'm going to get all my stuff packed and I'm going to have to go to Mexico City and fly back to Toronto and I'm going to have to have surgery. And I was bummed out and, you know, and, and then, you know, the diagnosis got better and better as the day wore on. But, uh, you know, there was a few moments there and that's why I didn't send the note till later in the day because I really kind of wanted to know what was going on. So fast forward to last night, and I was describing to Spencer how difficult it is to be here having this situation because I don't speak the language. And they made a really interesting point, and I, th I thought I'd just throw it out to you guys. What Spencer said is, can you imagine what you're going through is what a lot of immigrants go through, like you, in a foreign country where... They just want to go to the pharmacy and get their medication that they normally get, but because they don't speak enough of the language. And if they don't have one of their kids or somebody with them like Julie or, you know, it, it, it's it's um, unsettling. And I said to her, uh, Spenny, I said, you know, it's really interesting because I've had a little bit of that. Um, it's one thing to go to a, a resort in a foreign country and you try and order your cerveza. But think about going to um you know, having an actual emergency and not saying any of the words that you need to say to let your because I would say things to my the, the staff at that hospital. They had no idea what I was saying. They would have yeah. to go get somebody and come back. And but I'm just saying it was an interesting perspective that, you know, I, again, I know it's only been a couple of days here, but I've had a kind of a you get a sort of a taste of what it's like when people come to Canada that don't speak our language. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, the stress of that. Like when I was at San Miguel last time, I'd go into Le Comer, the uh, grocery store, and it was actually fun with Siri or whatever I used at the time. I'd actually get the guy behind the counter, the yeah. meat counter, speak into it, and then I could see it. It was like almost fun, a game. Um, but that obviously does not carry the stress. Yeah, imagine me going, Siri, am I going yeah. to die? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hospital yeah. game. No, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because you're not thinking clearly and you're not, oh, anyway. But you know, Jeff, when Spencer said that to me, I thought of you when you first went there. You think about what Lumby went through. He buys this house. The pandemic hits. Julie's not there. You had your buddy who's, you know, uh, the Scottish guy, uh, Ian. But a lot of the people you're dealing with in a day are all speaking of a language that you're not, you know, 100% comfortable in. Yeah, no, it, it was difficult. I didn't use the translate that often. Uh, I was able to, you know, uh, manufacture whatever I needed to, but, uh, and now it's, it's getting better and better. I'm able to kind of do a lot more on my own, but no, I, it, it, that's a great point that Spenny makes because it's exactly what you, you first go through when you move to a country and, and, Paris is different than here because this is this is unilingual Francais, uh, ici. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but Paris is 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 quite well. In Paris, they speak German. They speak uh, you know Hollandais. They speak all kind of languages there because it's a, it's a you know it's a it's huge a tourist. Hey, Jeff, and, yeah. before I came to visit you, we spent four days in Paris. Everyone spoke English to me, even yes, when I wanted to speak French. Yeah. And they would look at me, kind of smile and go, that's cute. That's cute. little That's man. cute. But we'll just go with English today. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Why don't, why don't you practice your French at home? We'll just go with uh, yeah. you're going to have the steak fritz yeah. and let's be done with yeah, it. It's uh, sort of TikTok time over here. At the <laughs> that's restaurant. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've got other tables to serve. Why don't you practice uh, at uh, at the Institute Le Longuet on your own? Um, all right. Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. Lumby was great talking to you today and yeah, yesterday. I appreciate back, it. Pal. Well, we'll see. Uh, hasta luego, mi hermano. That means my brother in Spanish. Uh, thanks, buddy. Take care. All right, guys. Cheers, man. Lumbi. I was, was going to say for the transition music, you should have played Baby, Baby, Can't You Hear My Heartbeat by Herman's Hermit. Oh, shit, man. Hey, come on now. I wasn't thinking clearly because I was having a heart-to-heart with my boy. Monsieur Marceau. All right, just go. <laughs> All right, I'm going to okay. go. Bye. Yeah. Um, uh, let's get a little work done here, guys. Uh, we've got uh, Fred. Uh, you still have uh, Bowdog, I believe, to talk about. Yeah, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bowdog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. What's today? Tuesday? Oh, lots of World Cup wagering. Hey, Canada and Belgium tomorrow. What's the line on that? I'll tell you tomorrow. And, you know, where would you want to put your money? Yeah, the World Cup, lots of wagering. Go to Bodog. Yeah, the um, I, I'm a little behind. Is that our first game or no? Yes, it will be our first game. And it's uh, in Qatar. Is that where it's being played yes where <laughs> guitar where i learned yesterday homosexuality is against the law and punishable by time in prison mm. why would they why would you take the world cup to a country like that yeah i've heard a lot of stuff like that like why would you take the world cup to a country where it's like isn't it like 35 or 40 every day yeah but can you imagine oh yeah that's a good idea let's go there where it's yeah. against the law yeah like, and, I, and and hey, Fred, why is it against the law? Oh, um, because of religion. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, religion yeah. once again. You know, ten for ten, and you know, making the world a better place. Although there is an old joke, and it's not my joke, so I apologize in advance. But you know, what's the the, the if homosexuality is punishable by time in prison? That's not very much punishment. <laughs> you know that. 
Yes. But it's it's interesting. I was reading a thing yesterday about the the circle of chasing your tail when it comes to woke and political correctness. You know, you want to call them out on these laws about homosexualities, but when you do, are you being Islamophobic? <laughs> you know, like... Well, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, you're right. It is a bit of a... But I mean, yeah, it's like calling into question somebody's religious beliefs, but it's not... Anyway, I don't want to get into it because I don't have the... No, I know. It's been, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just spinning around and around. Uh, I do want to talk about the EV uh, driving experience, and um, this will tie in nicely. Uh, I got a note from Rudra Rishi Maharaj, and he's a, a big advocate for you know the EV world. He's got himself. I, I can't remember. I think it's. I think he's driving a Tesla, but it's an, an electric vehicle. And he sent me a note because I've been talking about. Uh, I don't know where it is, Rudy. Rudra, I can't... Do you have the note? Yes. Just about, you know, talking about charging it. Right. type of thing where you don't let your car, like, get low on charge and then charge it up. I mean, you get into the habit of whenever you park it, you plug it in, so you're always operating at a full charge because some of the misconceptions about, you know, electric vehicles, oh, I'm going to run out of uh, juice, or which is ridiculous because there's no need for that. You just get into the habit of plugging your car in when you're not using it right yeah he was uh trying to because i was sort of saying that i can't remember but he 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 was basically talking about electric vehicles as a paradigm shift it it really isn't one thing it's a bunch of things but at uh at evnet.ca i'm telling you they're making evs easy and affordable and they do it by educating clients about how economical EVs are and how, how they have proven to be over time, all the while operating as a used EV dealership. And as I mentioned a few times, it's tough to even take a test drive in an EV because, you know, a lot of dealerships don't have them. But you can test drive a Bolt, a Kona, which you're driving around, an Outlander, a Nissan Leaf, and even a Tesla Model 3. You can rent it before you buy it. You can rent it just for the fun of seeing what driving an EV is all about. You know, one of the things I really noticed, both in the Kona and in the Tesla, is just what the pickup is on these cars. Like it, it really, and we've talked about it. I'm not, not that that's a huge feature for a lot of people, but I'll tell you what, man. There, it's not like you're going from, you know, when I first heard about these cars, I thought, well, they're probably... You know, drive like a golf cart. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just thought they were just wouldn't go that. But they they've got some pep. Uh, go to rentelectric.ca or evnet.ca/slash rent. Another bonus, another upside. When this cold weather hit, he uh, hits. The car warms up the heater inside way faster than a combustible engine as you have to wait for, you know, your coolant to heat up. It's almost instant with the electric cars. Love that aspect. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, with the uh, Tesla, you know, this this nonsense with Elon Musk aside, because I'm sort of torn because he's turning into a sort of this strange character on social media but with the tesla and i'm sure with other evs as well you know you program a lot of stuff on your phone so if you're going to go drive you can actually set the climate in your car before you get in it and as you say freddie it 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 happens almost instantaneously because you're not waiting for the the engine to get warm um okay so that's pretty much it for uh mexico for now i think i uh like I can just say, it was as great an experience as you can have 
you know, getting sick in a Mexican hospital. And I think I'll make a decision on Wednesday or Thursday about whether I'm staying here. But um, I've done the best I can. I've talked to everyone that I could talk to about my options. And, you know, as long as I feel like I feel now, which is fine, you know, I'll, I'll stay here. Yeah, big decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, you know, I could sit here and go, ah, oh, come on, just stay. I know I'm not going there because it's your heart and it's your health. And, you know, you can't fully appreciate it until it's going on in your body. So do and what you, you don't want to be liable. Huh? Well, I did find and you that, don't want to be liable. But I'll tell you what, that's a great thank you for that segue. As I mentioned, I talked to the people, the chamber plan yesterday. Because I was worried about that. I thought, oh, okay, once you've had an incident, are you then not insured? Here's another great reason to use the chamber plan. At my age, I've got 180 days of travel insurance. Over 65, you have 90 days. So my worry yesterday morning was, okay, I've had an incident now. Am I still covered? The answer a resounding yes. I'm covered until May of 2023. Because you think about it, you know, if you broke your arm, you'd have to go to the hospital, you get it fixed, and you stay on vacation. Three or four weeks later, you break your ankle. Maybe you're clumsy. I don't know. I don't know. Why, I don't know why you keep breaking shit. But they'll still cover you. It's not like you can only get one treatment and then you have to hightail it back to Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when I was in uh, Playa del Carmen there a couple of years ago, there's a lot of big potholes, like the sidewalks have big gaping holes in them. And I used to think, oh, man, what if I'm walking along here and I'm not watching myself? I go into one of those and break my femur or something. Mm -hmm. The situation that would be. New Orleans was the same thing. You have to sort of be on alert all the time because that's what's going through my head. Oh, can you imagine breaking a bone here and having to go to the hospital? No matter where it is, when it's not home, it's got to be weird. And, uh, yeah, that, and again, why you need the coverage when you're in those places. And I shouldn't say I was, I was surprised because that wouldn't be fair. But I was pleasantly assured when I spoke to, and, you know, I've worked with you long enough to, to know that I said to the, I'm speaking to, you know, here's how cool it was. I'm speaking to this woman in Montreal. And she's the medical person. And I was asking her these questions. And she said, you know, Mr. Glassman, I think you're fine. But hang on a second. I'm going to get my colleague. And I thought, oh, go here we go. I'm going to be on hold for three seconds later. Someone comes on the phone and uh, assures me that I'm covered. And I said to her, okay, I appreciate that. But I'm going to need an email from you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need something from you that says, we've spoken. You're covered. Have a nice day. And then 10 minutes later, there it is. So. If you've, if you've, I've heard us talk about the chamber plan now for some time, but I've obviously, I can't recommend it enough because I've now had two occasions in the last three years whilst traveling that I've had to use it. And, you know, right from Rod, the first call I make is to Rod Johnson, our agent. And he, I guess I want to make sure I've got the right numbers and, um, mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, like I said, I once the people in Montreal made contact with the hospital, I never had to worry about it again. I was discharged yesterday morning. I didn't see any bill. I never had to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. I am curious, though, what it costs, because I know what it cost me in Phoenix. And it cost me in Phoenix an average of 30000 Canadian dollars a day. 
And you've been listening to another episode of Aging with Energy, the old guys travel show. Brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa and the Chamber Plan. Could you tell where my head was at when you found me? Me and you went to hell and back just to find peace. Man, I thought I had everything, I was lonely.